In this week's episode of the Immigrant Hustle Podcast, we sit down with our multi-talented homie, model, dancer, writer, director, and actor, Giren Rai, better known to the world as K-Ray. Giren talks about her family's migration from Punjab to Canada and the working class struggle her family had to go through in order to get themselves established here. She also talks about what it was like growing up as a young girl in a male-dominated household and how she had to fight to get her voice heard. Giddin talks about what it was like working with Rupi Kaur on some of her earliest projects, as well as the power that art can have in sparking important conversations. Giddin goes in depth talking about how some of her films around mental health and domestic violence opened up critical dialogue in the South Asian community, as well as how a short film that she created led to a repair in the relationship between her and her father. We also have a lot of fun in this episode. This is probably the most fun that we've had, the most we've laughed in the process of recording an episode. Uh, we talk about Giddens' goon days. My wife, Navi, is a guest host on this episode as well. So a really cool dynamic that we've had that comes from just being really comfortable with each other and being friends for a very long time. We hope you enjoyed this episode, Season 2, Episode 5 of the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Just did the fucking beep beep check of the throw right before the show starts. <laughs> Do you need to like? Yeah. <laughs> Who invited their oh, baby? Right now? Right yeah. there. Please um, keep this in. Yes, that's how I start my <laughs> That's gonna be our drop for every episode. It's gonna start with that. <laughs> All right, we ready? <laughs> okay, this is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. I am your host, B-Magic. I got my brother, Noise, with me. Today, we got another very special co-host with us. Please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Navi. Navi is Noise's wife, for those who do not know. Yes, yes. And a very special guest is in the building, our close friend, our motherfucking homie, K-Ray the motherfucking Don is in the building. (laughs) (laughs) Air horns. Air horns. How are you? I'm okay, guys. How are you? It's been a minute. It's been a second. Last time time we were on your podcast. Yeah, I know. That's so funny because I like it's so cool that you guys are not doing this. I told y'all. I told y'all. You <laughs> yeah, you birthed this. Now. You know, when yeah. we blow up, we'll, we'll toss you some loot for this. Every right? time you get an award, you yeah. just make sure you yeah, jump okay, me up. Okay, right. You remember when yeah, you gave us saying, cold like, jaw, <laughs> by the way. I had to do it twice. It was the second time. <laughs> yeah. That's Straight cool. microwave jaw, but whatever. It's a thought that counts, right? Listen, Jadikov has uh, production <laughs> issues. We're getting better, okay? It's okay, man. Just like us. Uh, our gumbles are finally stepping up yeah. a little bit, you yeah. know. They're, they're, getting, in they're here. getting better season <laughs> by season. They're getting more luxurious, yeah. more exquisitely designed. I feel like I need to gift you a gumble every time someone comes in. Yo, we, yo, yeah, we're like open to any gumbles yeah. that, that people want to give there us. If people want to donate, <laughs> immigrant at gmail.com. <laughs> donate your gumbles. Your gumble could be in the background. <laughs> um, first of all, we'd like to thank you for coming through. You know, busy schedule, yeah. coming to Gumble Studios and chill with. <laughs> the homies i'm not that busy don't worry (laughs) and uh like i always like to do i'm gonna send it to noise to start the questioning (laughs) he's the hype man (laughs) what is your family's origin like where did they start from when did they come to canada when did they get settled where did they get settled well interesting enough because you kind of know the story a little bit a little bit. bit yeah um but my 
damn, how do I start this? So my mom's side, my Nanaji, um, so we're actually from Jalander. Noah Shad, though. Represent. No, Noah Shad, actually, Noah though. Shad. Noah Shad is actually the place uh. I'm from. But, but back then, it was Jalander, so it gets kind of confusing sometimes. <laughs> um, and so my family started out there. Both sides actually did. And um, shout out to Jitu Majada because that's actually my great, 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 great grandfather. And the friend is named after him. Okay. Yo, that's what's up. Quick flex. <laughs> Quick flex. <laughs> um, but my my Naji and his brother actually moved to Hong Kong in the early 70s, late 60s. Okay. And they were there for three years just working to get to Canada eventually. And... Just even that, the fact that, like, my Nanaji knows how to speak Cantonese, for example. And he's, that's like, wild. a sardad. And, like, it's just, that's, yeah, yeah so it's crazy. so wild. <laughs> that's nuts. I know. And, like, he just randomly, like, when Asian people walk by, he just randomly says shit. And they're, like, what is going on? But um, just even, like, hearing that hustle and, like, that there's only, like, two of them, three of them going together, trying to make you know, some sort of living for themselves because their parents actually died when they were really young. So my Nanaji had to take care of not only his siblings and get them married, Mm -hmm. but then also his own kids and their kids and whatnot. So um, with that strategy in mind, he ended up coming to Canada in 1970, I believe, 1970, and brought my mom and my Nanaji and my Mamaji uh, here in 1972 and it's so crazy because my mom was only eight years old when she came right. and so they grew up here where where exactly in Canada first they came to uh, Toronto like downtown Toronto okay and they were actually living there for about a year and then they moved out to Malton shout out to Malton yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah they lived in Malton for pretty much most of their life and then uh, we moved out to Brampton, I, I would say, in 95, and we've been in the same, I don't know if I should say that, but okay. <laughs> we've been Malton, the same. Brampton, Brampton, Malton, Brampton, Brampton, uh, Flex. Yeah, and, I, and then my dad, um, so my grandpa, my dadaji, came around 1974, so he came really young as well. My parents are also, fun fact, the same age. They went to high school, high school together. Okay. High school, school sweetheart. Did they go to Westwood? Yo, they went to Westwood. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Graduated in 1984. <laughs> hey, I read that. Um, but they, so my dad actually came with his siblings when he was 10 years old with his dad and they lived in Kitchener first. Oh wow. Yeah. And so they were surrounded by literally all white people. Yeah. Well Kitchener is um, still mainly still all white people. Very white. So I can only imagine what it was like and back students. then. Yeah, <laughs> students. Students now. But. but that's it, yeah. So he like he was only ten at the time and they lived there and they're moving to different places. At one point and I just found this out like literally last year, just randomly asking questions. But at one point, they lived in um, an attic, like an attic of <laughs> five people. And there was like one of them, like one of my boy was still a baby at the time. So like the fact that they were living in someone's attic to make a living, like That's we nuts. don't even realize yeah. like the hustle. You know what I yeah. mean? Like. I had no idea about that. My dad started working when he was like 13, 14 years old. No. 
and just trying to make like you know my oldest boy didn't even get to go to school she like came here automatically started working at like 15 16 years old and just it's so crazy because like they had to like start their lives at that age and like try to make all their thoughts were were just like survival mode and and how do we make a living and make sure that we're actually in a safe place or a safe house? So um, they finally got to move to Malton as well. And then, um, and then you know, they grew up there, went to Morningstar, went to all these uh, Shout schools. out to Morningstar. Yeah, Morningstar. <laughs> <laughs> and then Westwood. Yeah, now that known as Lincoln. Um, my parents met each other there and, and they... Uh, want to tell us for so long that it was an arranged marriage for so <laughs> I'm like how the fuck and yeah, then we finally yeah, put yeah, it together yeah. like yo what they ran away a few this? times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about um but they and they only said this so we didn't have any relationships going on <laughs> and, and then finally um they got married at 21 which wow. is crazy yeah yeah that's crazy you know what like just like uh, like your kind of realization of there of like understanding how difficult it was for our parents and it's like it's funny how like the older you get the more you're intrigued by their story yeah but like our childhoods i don't think we ever knew the hardships our parents went through like i had no fucking clue that like my parents were working harder than anybody else's parents like It was just like, okay, cool. I see them when I see them. But like, they never, I never felt that, you know, they were stressing. I never felt that at all. But it's like, the older I got, the more I got to learn about, yo, this is the shit they went through. And I'm like, I'm like, I have a new, like, new way to look at it, right? You're like, holy fuck. Like, they went through so much more shit than we ever, like, I can't complain about shit, you know? Because they they tried to shield us from it. They didn't want us to have to struggle the same way they did. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just like, okay, we'll protect them. And Mm -hmm. whatever we're going through, we're going to, like, put up this barrier so they don't have to, you know, grow up with that same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, even my non-Niji, like, when she first came here, she was was just her and her two kids. And they were really young at the time. All of them didn't speak English. No. And at that time, you didn't have cell phones or anything. You yeah. didn't even, like, know how to talk to people. And so she didn't even speak a word of English. She actually missed her connecting flight. So she was stuck in New York. Because wow. wow. he landed in New York first in yeah. order to get to Toronto. And uh, she was actually stuck there. And the flight attendant was trying to offer her to stay at a hotel. She didn't understand what they were trying to say. She was actually, like, terrified. You could only imagine, too. You're in a strange country. You've never seen white people before. You're like, what is going on? How do I speak to these people? And even just that, like, I think it was so hard for her. She had to stay overnight. My my non-nudgy ended up, like, driving to New York to pick her up and and bring her to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, and even that, I was just like, what the hell? Like, just as yeah. simple as, like, traveling. You know what I mean? Like, things that we do as, like, a luxury now. Like, it's it was so hard for them to do. I mean, it's still obviously difficult for a and lot that, of immigrants. That's another thing, too, is, like, doing all these things in a time without the internet yeah, and right? shit like that. Like, now we can Google Translate some shit. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I'll be saying some fly Spanish shit, to, like, whenever <laughs> I'm on my all-inclusive. <laughs> Right, oh but it's but, <laughs> but but see that that's the first world problems right yeah. there, right? I'm afraid, yeah, the resort. But like you know, to, for them it was uh, an, like you know they didn't have that communication at first. But yo, mm-hmm. when it becomes a necessity, right, you're gonna have to figure out fucking how to how to manage, right? Yeah. But it's 
a lot of people it's it's just, it's a scary thing to do man like i get anxiety about yeah. shit like that all the time so like magic even like with your mom i think you've told me like when you guys moved to norway just because she was in the hospital so much she had to learn norwegian to communicate with the nurses yeah, yeah. so like like yeah. my mom like my oldest brother is disabled mm -hmm. right so like when when they had my my eldest brother when they were pretty young and they had just recently moved to norway mm -hmm. so then like um Imagine having like a baby and then something's wrong with it or different with your child, right? Like, yeah. yo, the doctors are panicking and rushing away, right? And I was like, these are stories that I heard way later in my life, right? And I'm just like, I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. And the, you know what is supposed to be such a joyful moment? It, it, it went crazy, right? But then through that is there was a lot of hospital visits and stuff like that. But And that's what made, my mom was so intrigued about how to help my brother that she wanted to know uh, like what they were saying right yeah. so then that yo when your back's up against the wall you're gonna figure that shit out the yeah. the human mind is crazy right yeah, so yeah. It, it was it was shitty circumstances but you know it made my mom the woman she is so mm -hmm. yo language is a huge thing and yeah. like that's why i don't like you know this fucking tension that there is around immigrants now and like they're coming here and this that like how about you put yourself in their foot fo oh, yeah. like you know footsteps like yeah. You see these things in America where like Mexicans are speaking Spanish, yeah, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, like speak English if you're gonna." What if they're just visiting? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly, do people yeah. ever think about that shit? But like, also, it's so interesting that you're saying that because these are the same people that go to the resorts in Mexico yeah, for free vacation. Exactly. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yo, they'll, they'll be at Burrito Boys, <laughs> yeah, and, like, you know, but they'll exactly. still fucking talk shit, you know, yeah. but. It's crazy how much how important language is, man. Mm -hmm. To be able to know what the fuck the next person is saying, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like our parents traveled in in that generation where it wasn't as easy as it is now. Mm -hmm. So that's that's admirable to me, yeah. man. And also yeah. not seeing people that look like them. Like oh, it's yeah. so like, out of, very we grew up in Brampton, we saw so many different So many cultures, color, right? Yeah. So now when you're looking at it, you're like, Okay, yeah, I get it. For us, like we can just navigate we understand it and yeah. people look at toronto and they're like oh my god y'all have so many brown people here how do you do it it's so cool but it's like yo like to see like our parents have nobody yeah it's crazy and it's funny too right because it's a generational thing right mm -hmm. like yo us as kids that grew up in the western world right like we met so many young kids of different nationalities yeah. growing up right yeah. our parents are living off stereotypes like that yeah, generation right they're almost living off stereotypes that they've heard about certain cultures so that's why like that backwards dissy mentality of certain <laughs> like thinking certain ways it's because yo that they're they're not like born that way it's no. just that's what they were fed mm -hmm. right without the the technology and information age maybe we would be as naive as that as well but yeah. because the special place brampton that we grew up that's why we have we know a little bit about the greek person next yeah. door we know a little bit about the vietnamese kid you went to school with yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's kind of a, it's a unique thing. And it's not everywhere in the world. No, that's like we live in a very special place. Yeah. Even like GTA yeah. is, is different than if you go 20 minutes that 20 way minutes. or 20 minutes that way. I know, way, you just go spot. to Caledon. It's not the same <laughs> thing. It's not the same. Yeah, so it's, it's a whole like, different place. It's very small pockets. Mm -hmm. And we're like, like you said, we're very, we're privileged in a sense to grow up in that pocket where I could look the way I do or you could look the way you do. And it's normal, mm -hmm. you know. I get, every, I you don't get that everywhere. Till this day, I get shook whenever I go to cottage, uh, cottage country, 
Because, like, yo, you ever been to, like, a Timmy's in, like, a small little yeah. town? Yo. You get stared at yo. by everybody, man. It is so we, uncomfortable. We had, like, basketball tournaments in high school, and we would be the only, like, our yeah. team was the only team that had black girls, brown girls, white girls, like, every mm. background. And it was so funny because every other team was either all white or all black. And there's, like, no brown girls or yeah. anything else. Like, it was just so crazy. And I remember when we'd go up north, too, like, the stares, the, like, horror in their eyes of seeing, yeah. like, women that are look different from uh, them were just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's wild. I remember just recently, me and me and Nevi were going to, to Windsor. It was, like, for a funeral or something. Mm. And we pulled over, like, in some small town, like, outside Jeez. of Sarnia or something. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like, yo, I'm wearing a suit. I don't want to go inside. Uh, <laughs> and you're wearing a suit? Oh, That's my so God. I'm like, just calm here. Just yo, rock it. You guys all know that struggle. It was yes. one thing when you're in high school and you're rocking a suit to, like, Walmart and uh. you live at, like, Bavard and Kennedy. It's not nah. a thing, right? Nah, but I have a story about that. <laughs> <laughs> Bavard and Kennedy still pretty mixed, though. But, like, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. going to, I don't know, it was, like, Tilbury or something like yeah. that in a suit. Yo, you know that. what's so funny? I'm such an asshole that anytime, like, we're going to, like, a wedding with a wife or something and, like, we got to go, like... Shoppers drug mart and grab like a Wait, like maybe. a wedding card or something. I'll be like, yo, just go inside, yo. Like I know that she hates going out in like a suit, like to like random stores, because yeah, yeah, yeah. people are gonna look at you and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, yo, just go, yo. You look so good. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, she knows why I'm doing it because she's she's gonna get mad and shit. <laughs> but yo, the struggle is real out here. Yeah, Wearing suits in public yet? What's your story? <laughs> what happened? Actually, I thought about it. I'm like, I should shut my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too far. You got to share it. Now uh, you got to share it. I'll, I'll tell, like, I'll hover around this story because it's not. Kids, don't do this at home. But <laughs> I was wearing a suit. To the club? To the club? <laughs> to oh, the club. shit. Hey, I did wear a lingo to the club this oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> I did. 2018, ladies 2018. and gentlemen. Yeah, that's we actually rocking Lengas <laughs> in the club. That's how we rock now. Um, but I was coming back from a car and with a bunch of my friends. I won't name them because I don't want to out them. Um, <laughs> but we were all in our suits and we were literally wearing like chaplain, like wearing Punjabi jutis, like so like yep. full out. And we just went to McDonald's to get ice cream. And literally there is these two white girls um that were there well where was this exactly this is at mcdonald's like which city in brampton oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the one of two mcdonald's that we have uh so uh the one at mountain ash <laughs> oh yeah you already know i've never told this story publicly like i'm gonna i don't know i don't know okay do it do it <laughs> um one thing led to another and pretty much the girls were just like Talking their shit, like why they, why, what did it look like that? Mm. Like, whatever. Well, like straight to your face or just like, oh, under just like their breath? looking at us, laughing, being like, ew, like, <laughs> mountain ash. I mean, I yeah, know. I know. That's like, a heart of Springdale. Like Spring I know. That's where like Goria will be rocking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm so, shit. it's so weird. This is also in 2006, so I don't know. Okay. But like, uh, yeah, still, still, you know, like, but. Yeah, yeah, graduate high school around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I remember her making a phone call and saying, "There's a bunch of people over here right now. We're gonna start some trouble if they like do anything." What, what the hell? This is getting wow. so out of hand for no reason. Wow. And then can I, I can I ask yeah. like how like 
How decked out was your suit? <laughs> oh no, like, were you wearing any color? No, I was wearing cordura <laughs> suit, like cotton, like you know, like you, you're wearing chakma. Yeah, like it's not even like you probably looked a little grummy too. Like I don't know, like maybe that's why. But <laughs> there is some sort of heat happening, and uh, I pretty much. So you scrapped a girl in your suit. Let's get to the point Call it, man. Call it what it is. Let's get to the point here. Fine. I threw ice cream in her hair. (laughs) Not even ice cream. It was hot fudge. And the molten came out of (laughs) K-Ray. It was hot fudge Sunday. But I did it. No. Did you get the fudge on her? I know. You know why why she was trying to hurt my friend. So I wasn't just like starting some stuff. She actually like was coming for my friend. Get it, man. Anything you do is always honorable. Don't worry. (laughs) But did you you hit her with the Punjabi Juti? This is very important to know. I did not. But another friend of mine who used to do (laughs) Kabaddi. The story just gets better and better. (laughs) She like threw over her shawl over the shoulder and she just kicked this girl across McDonald's. It was so bad. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's a Kabaddi player. Like, who else could do that? Yeah, Yeah, it was a wild, wild day. Shout out to all my Kabaddi players. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Especially female Kabaddi players. I know. She was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to her. I can't give her a name out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was an impressive story. That might be the best story we've ever gotten on this podcast. You were going to hold out. Let me tell you one more thing. So the best part of this, all of a sudden the McDonald's workers were like we're calling the cops we're like oh shit the cops we're like 16 who the hell do we think we are we ran out of freaking McDonald's none of us could start the car right away because we were so shook the McDonald's lady comes outside looks at the license plate writes it down gives us the eye we're like oh my god that's it we're gonna get called like the uh, cops are gonna follow us now it wasn't yeah. even our car it was some uncle's car that we took from the Gurdwara like Wait, it wasn't you, like, even carjacking from the Gurdwara <laughs> man is a lot wilder than we thought man oh, those are my wild days guys but, um, pretty much what happened was the next day when we were at the gurdwara we were at the lunger hall and we were all eating roti and all of a sudden these dudes were like pouring <laughs> their sog their dolls whatever and they're like wait you ladies look really familiar and we're like okay what are you talking about like, uh, were you at McDonald's yesterday? <laughs> and we're like, oh, what do you mean? They're like, we actually made them, sh- like, made sure yeah. that they didn't call the cops in you guys. Oh, yeah. Shit. So they were, like, holding us down. These random brown guys that we yeah. just so happened to see at the Gordora the next day. <laughs> That's jokes. Yeah. So shout outs to uh, those guys. I will <laughs> never know who they were, but, um, yeah. All right. So now that we've kind of been through your goon days. <laughs> All right, let's bring it back there to maybe uh, a little bit about your childhood. Like, uh, uh, how many siblings do you have? Uh, I have two brothers. Two brothers, older, younger? Older brothers. Yeah. Do you know one of them? Uh, yeah. Oh, Shout out to your brother. I'm not, not going to expose his no, name. No, no, don't please. But, but that's the homie. Yo. That's my brother. Yo. I remember hearing this story. Kieran's like, Yo, Magic's at my brother's wedding? What the yeah. hell? Why is he here? This is Yo, so weird. First of all, the, the first time I met your brother was the randomest no, shit. No. He's, like, he's like, yo, you know Karen? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, she's dope. She's the homie. Is this, that? 
He's like, okay, and then didn't say that he was your brother, right? What and a just creep. Like, I think he does that to a lot of people. It's <laughs> you know, like I smashed with him, and then by the end of the night, he's like, yo, that's my sister. I was like, no fucking <laughs> way. So this guy going around and partying, that's essentially your brother asking <laughs> random people if they don't care. Yeah, and I think he probably tries to get feedback from them. Like, what, what do they know? Like, <laughs> Your brother's a goon still. I was shook the whole fucking time. I was like, shook. What do you say to this man? <laughs> That's all tatted up. Yeah. But it was the funniest because he's like, he's like, I'm gonna call her right now, right? So he, yeah. call, I remember he called you, and then, uh, and then I'm like, yo, it's magic, and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing, chilling with my brother? And I'm like, I was ah, so I mortified. Know. You don't, oh man, I think about that. I was like, that's like one of the most embarrassing things my brother has done. Like he called you. He's like he literally was with you. And he, he was, was like, with me. We're yeah, standing in like a Brampton me. parking lot somewhere, <laughs> smashed. And like he's like he's like no we gotta talk to her right now I'm like all right let's do you know that was That's the funny. worst but uh, so two older brothers so what was childhood like <clears throat> like were you one of those annoying younger sisters that would always tag along or or, or were your brothers like yo don't talk to my sister yo like were they those kind of guys I feel like it was both so yeah. <laughs> I, I love it both I think I was more like I was very very quiet so when I grew up I actually grew up with my nanke so my nani and nana um I lived with them for the first four years of my life okay so that was like a huge shift for me for me because like I was like the queen of the world yeah. in that house <laughs> and I was spoiled a lot and as soon as I had to move back with my actual family um it was completely different like I was now the youngest I was the only girl and the standards were like completely different um what my brothers were allowed to do I was definitely not allowed to do so I think that was something that was like probably the first times I was really challenging you know the double standards or like when I was like I could I can remember just like when I was five you know yeah. when I would just be like shout us to Spice Girls but like <laughs> <laughs> like girl power and all that but it's it's so weird because my brothers would make fun of me for even like trying to speak or have an opinion or whatnot you know yeah. what I mean and like and anytime I wanted to say something I was too shook to say it because I didn't want to sound stupid or or whatnot. So I think like growing up with brothers was really hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it does like they were almost like a team. Like they were yeah. automatically best friends. Yeah, right, right. And like for me, I had to fit in with them. First of all, I didn't even I would see them on weekends before. It was almost like seeing a cousin. And now you're telling me that they're my siblings and mm. I have to fit in somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really hard for me because I... I didn't know. And I also had to live with my dadke as well. And they had a different relationship with my brother, as, which is a lot of girls yeah. that grow up yeah, in, yeah. with their dadke. But, like, um, <clears throat> they had a different relationship with my brothers. And so, like, the sudden preference in my house was real when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think it made it difficult for me to be able to voice how I felt about things or what I wanted to do and whatnot. I, it was always kind of being shook by my what my brothers wanted. And um, a lot of that I can see like has has like changed the way I, I see things or how I have relationships and whatnot with people because I feel like I didn't have a voice until my 20s. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't really know how to speak to people mm -hmm. until then. And I felt like even when I was in high school, I had to go to school with my brothers and they we're always just kind of there hovering. hovering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my middle brother, 
with such a weird way of explaining, but my middle brother, um, he's always, he's always been to himself and whatnot. Like, especially in high school, he started doing his own thing. So, but then he still has this like urge to tell my oldest brother, like everything. And my <laughs> oldest brother is like some, like we mentioned, is not something you want to like kind of mess around with. So I think like having that overprotective brother was really hard for me growing up because I didn't know how to have like relationships with even like guys, for example, mm. or like um, even just like friendships, like my brother would just roll around in his freaking car and like had spinners and shit. And like this guy <laughs> would bear, embarrass the shit out of me every single time with his music pounding what, from a mile away. What was he playing? Away. I was going to ask, what was he playing? Uh, I remember specifically, um, oh my God, what's that? Those twins. What's their names? The rappers. Yin Yang we twins? Yeah! Oh <laughs> Whisper New Year! The Whispers <laughs> But in the bass on that? The, yeah. the bass on that? Freaking Yo, shout out to the Yin Yang twins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come to Cumble Studios whenever you like. <laughs> or Tupac. or Yeah, 50 Cent at the time too. But like, that's what he would be rolling in with. And I feel like... No, it wasn't fun having <laughs> a brother that just was so dominant. Mm. Um... It was trying to like find my voice in that. Was, oh, but like I matter too, right? Look, you, you, you talked a little bit about like you know your first four years with Inanke and like being like spoiled and being the princess a little bit. Like was that like even like were your parents like that too? Like because like I know as like the youngest child, like I don't like to say that I was spoiled, but fuck, I had like I had it way easier than my brother. <laughs> right. So in like some sense, with your parents, was it was it like you know because you were yeah. a girl? Obviously there. In an Indian household, is not the easiest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more expected from you, mm -hmm. and you're also sheltered a lot more mm -hmm. than boys. And I, like, I grew up in a household of all boys, but like, my mom's the old, eldest of seven sisters. Right. So it's like I had a lot of women around me telling yeah. me a lot of shit, also in yeah, life yeah, too, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of have an understanding, but like, what was it like in your household, kind of when you guys were like a complete family? Like, I think like having my mom. My mom was a like a sister to me like mm -hmm. it wasn't even like she was my mom like she would always have my back when it came to like wanting to do certain things that yeah. i wanted to go and do for example sorry, the yeah. moms always are. yo moms like, always they are yeah. well they've been there right yeah. they've, they've been mom, in yeah. your shoes and my mom lives with her in-laws yeah. so like she yeah. has a different perspective in life she had to she got married at 21 yeah. Yeah. and she made that choice <laughs> and um even though she lied to me for a long time but <laughs> whatever shout out uh, to fake arranged marriages <laughs> but i think for my mom like sh her and i have always been really really close whereas my dad he always saw me as like always oh, my you're my little girl but like also very strict with that like mm -hmm. i also didn't cut my hair growing up i and that was like forced upon whereas my brothers fully did or <laughs> like just like things like that which yeah. was so confused my parents even cut their hair and yeah. it was just like but my dad was like no she's not allowed to look any in any way appealing to anyone and that's kind of like a weird thing because i'm kind of battling with that thing now too with my niece and right. i'm like i just love how like her long hair looks on yeah. her so i go don't cut it right but there, there must be something within that that like I've heard my parents saying yeah. that for years yeah. growing up, right? Yeah. The girls. So, but it's like, it's weird because I, my niece wants to cut her hair all the time, right? <laughs> and I'm like, don't do it. Like, no, <laughs> don't do it. But it's like, to me, I don't think girls with extra long hair looks ugly. Like, yeah. to me, I'm more attracted to that, if anything, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, 
I don't think they. I don't know what is that. Like, is that I, like I, a <laughs> ancient Punjabi thing? Like, yeah, yo. It's, it's like a. It's like a. Th- I don't know. It's like a very traditional like dad thing where yeah. it's like if my daughter has long hair. Especially throughout high school, she's like pure. Or something? Oh yeah, yeah. that's what I was like, thinking. Shit, like Some that. type of purity yeah. behind it. Yeah, I remember like I cut my hair when I was the first time I I convinced my dad to do it mm-hmm. was like I was like four, I was four mm-hmm. or five, and he gave me like the Nick Carter. Like I don't. Know why. <laughs> <laughs> he went like he's like you want to cut your hair? Like he went. Yeah, he went give you the fucking traumatize. Yeah, yeah. let me just traumatize you. And then I didn't cut my hair after that until like grade nine, ten, and then I was like very vocal about like fact like. I, I didn't know my hair was curly. Like, I have mm. really curly hair, but I didn't know my hair was curly mm-hmm. until I cut my hair in grade 10. Right. Like, that's a lot. Because they just slicked it. It just slicked the, it the oil. Yo, but to <laughs> the be oil. Fa- to be fair to <laughs> Uncle, though, the Nick Carter haircut was in at that time. Yo. It, was, it, was, it was hot in these streets. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, he was just ahead of his time. He just didn't understand. <laughs> just, let me just get the strands right here. Straight up. I have some photos like oh, that. Oh, my God. I, my I brother's had those. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> but yeah, even from my like, I would randomly like my mom would like take me into the into the um, bathroom and she just like snip like my hair at the end <laughs> and she's like, "Don't worry, I got you." <laughs> and like it was just so funny because we have those like little moments. But I remember even like my grandma, like my daddy, was trying to like get me in trouble one time. She she watched too many nautics at the point. <laughs> like she was trying to get me. Like I love my daddy so much, but like sometimes you know, so like, <laughs> sometimes she does things, and I'm like, I know you just watched something. You're trying to test it out, but <laughs> um, she yeah, I was like, let me see what I can work on. Today. Let me see if this thunder <laughs> comes out of nowhere right now. Like she needs drama in her life, you know. But she, I, my had laryngitis that day, and she decided to tell my dad that um, I getting secretly cuts her hair in the when she's pretend she's showering, but she's actually cutting her hair. Oh, wow. And it was so funny because I, I really was not doing that. It was yeah. just that I shed a lot of hair. Yeah. So she saw the hair in the garbage, and she literally thought. That I was like cutting my hair, but I like whole turned, yeah, like just whole strands, <laughs> whole strands from up here, and I'm like, what? And then I couldn't even fight back, and I'm like, oh my, like this is the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life. And my dad believed her. That was even worse because he actually believed her, and I'm like, what the hell? And I just, I was so shook to like even try to sh- like cut my hair. Like I've gone through the most outrageous things to cut my hair, to dye my hair. Yeah. It's not like forget about dying. Yeah. <laughs> I had purple hair. I had blonde hair, and I had to wear wigs <laughs> in my house so my dad did not like throw me out of the house. Like that's how serious it was. Oh, so you're like hair. you're rocking wigs, but underneath <laughs> the wig you had colored hair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty gangster. I'm not gonna lie. That's ne- I've never good. heard that before. That. Yeah, I had to struggle a lot to have my you know my seductive hair at that time I don't know what the hell it is that's what the fucking thing it is yeah I had frosted tips at one point so I'm not gonna judge you you know yo, I had the yo my boy though. JT made it a hot look yeah. you know I had to yo. Yeah. NSYNC was popping that at the was, time that was a thing that was a thing but I think like why dads do the things that they do is just like they feel like that's their way of protecting of you of course right yeah, it's uh we model our when well none of us are parents right <laughs> but you know one day we're gonna model what was 
given to us, yeah, right? As totally. much as we say we're not going to be like our parents, yeah, and we're yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm going to do the same shit. Yeah. I'm going to yell at my fucking kids for no reason. <laughs> I'm going to be so obsessed with my kids, and that's why I don't want to have kids because I know I'm going to be crazy. No, you, you, the, one, the one thing I can't wait to do when I have kids and they're like, you know, able to walk and shit the main thing I'm going to do is, like, I'm going to call my kid from upstairs. I'm going to be in the living room, right? <laughs> my kid's going to be upstairs, right? I'm going to be watching, like, something like CNN or something like that. And I'm going to be like, oi, come down here, right? He's going to come down. He's like, okay, daddy, keep on there, right? And I'll be like, you see that remote that's two feet beside me? Can you go give me that remote? You know? I'm triggered because, right now. Because I, I couldn't get up and reach that remote right now. That's the first thing I'm going to do when I have kids. Till this day, I'm a grown ass man. I, I still have to do that shit. You talked a bit about you know, growing up with these two older brothers and they're very overprotective. Uh, did that deter you from pursuing some of your own interests? And what were some of those interests you know, through your middle school, high school years? Like you mentioned basketball, but mm-hmm. aside from that, what else, what else were you into? Um, so I think because of my brothers, I was into a lot of sports. Uh, that helped a lot. Like I, I played soccer, I played basketball. But then um, I was really into dance. So I used to dance a lot at my okay. assemblies, you know. <laughs> I used to do little things. Um, <laughs> um, performances and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's so wild, though. I got re- you got served, came out, you know, oh, and then you had yeah. to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, ju- you jumped on the Channing Tatum wave. The B2K era. What was that movie with Jessica Alba? Oh, honey. honey. Yeah, honey was a shit. <laughs> um, and I just, I feel like for a lot of the time, I didn't know how to pursue that as an actual career. Um, when I got into high school, I mean, I was doing a lot of hip hop dances before, but then <laughs> <laughs> I got into like Gidda and all that when I was in high school because it was like I went to a very um, predominantly Punjabi school. Were you ever a lot of Punjabis were at my school. It wasn't a Punjabi school. Were but you ever in a Pangala team? I was on a Gidda team. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to my Gidda girls. But, um, Yo, shout out to What was the <laughs> yeah, team called? Yeah, Najvali is. Okay. Afterwards, after high school. But that time was Satrangi Ping. What's okay. up? <laughs> Yo, so you just had bear teams Yeah. <laughs> but right. I feel like when at that time, there was like no girls that were doing Gidda yeah. like that. Especially in grade nine. Like. No, yeah. So I think it was really cool to be able to pursue it in that way. But again, I think like what happened in school is that it wasn't cool to be a part of like the arts. Like you would do some Fangra dances or you would do some Gidda, but then that would be it. And it would be like at the Diwali show or some shit. Um, But (laughs) it wouldn't be like something that they would actually push for. And I think like when... I would hear like we would have like random like speakers coming in. And I remember the spoken word artist coming in when I was grade nine, in grade nine and it was this black guy. And I was like, whoa, like I could be a rapper or like a spoken <laughs> word artist. Like I really thought like for a second that I should like explore this. Hence where K-Ray came from. That's no my, way. Yeah. That's Loki rap name. Yeah. Yo. That's my rap name. But wow. Yo, so much shit makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I so you were supposed to be the first female <laughs> member in the Zoo Babies. Is I what was you're trying actually. To tell us. <laughs> That's why I kept saying it. No one understood what I was gonna say. I'm like, I'm the first lady, y'all. <laughs> but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> you will um, always be. I was always be. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so funny because like 
I remember telling my dad, like, I want to be an actor. Yeah. And I, I used to say, I'm like, I want to be rich and famous so I can help all these people. Like, that's what I kept saying. Like, I'm, I'm going to make a lot of money and then I'm going to save all these people. <laughs> and, like, my dad was like, Okay, um, but be a doctor. Like, like, that will actually save people. Actually, that will save me. Like, literally, my dad was like, you have to go into medical school so you could help me. And I felt this, like, guilt for so long that I'm like, oh, my God. Like, even though it wasn't that pressured as other people are. um, But I felt this, like responsibility that i have to take care of my dad because my dad would be like your asshole brothers would never do anything for me it's on you my child (laughs) and i'm like no no but like i think that was also like a pressure to just like oh it's not practical enough to be an actor or anything it was always something you would just dream about and then um i think when i was like really like leaving high school all my like all the courses I was taking, I started taking psychology and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a psychiatrist. <laughs> like, that's what I'm going to do now. And I took a semester off between um, like after high school and actually applying for uh, college. And I ended up just like that, that break. And I think I recommend that to so many young folks that if you could take a break after high school and just really understand like what you want to do, it helps so much because that really pushed me to like, I'm like, no, I want to be an actor. Like, because I had like all this free time now and I'm like, I am I'm working at Dollarama and like, I don't know (laughs) what else to do. I'm gonna like, this is what I want to pursue. And I'm like, how am I going to do it? And I literally like started just by, just by like, I had my prom hair makeup artist and shout out to her, Mindy. Um, And she had a casting call on Facebook and she was looking for models. And that's literally the first time I went out of my way, drove all the way to like Markham to this like random photo shoot. And that was my first photo shoot. And from there, just like networking with people and deciding to learn all the behind the scenes um, so I didn't go into acting school right away, but what I did do is I learned all like about media and like how to operate a camera mm-hmm. and like how to write and do audio production and all that stuff. So even if acting didn't work out, I could still create and I can create my own opportunities. And I feel like a lot of young folks don't do that for themselves. Like they can't, they don't know how to have their own back. They just want that. Like, yo, if I have a contact that's at this level, then I'll make it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those opportunities don't happen for yeah. you you have to build with people that are trying to do the same things i mean that's what we did here in toronto and that's why so many of us have built each other up and been able to make a career out of this but it's hard because like i mean a lot of people think that this might happen overnight but this is like 10 years in the making now you know and yeah. i feel like a lot of people don't see that hustle and that grind mm-hmm. ahead of time we are doing all this shit for free. <laughs> you were saying, um, you know, when your pua and your your parents and everyone came here, that when they came here, they had to start breaking, and they were basically like in survivor mode. Mm-hmm. Did you find like do you find that come acro- comes across when you're working and when you're doing stuff? Like, what where do you see that survival mode come out in you when you're like doing this creative stuff and acting and modeling and everything? So weird because I just like. I've been doing a lot of healing work, right? So, <laughs> and a lot of it, I realize how much I'm always trying to do living off of survival mode. Like, yeah. I don't want to live that way anymore. Yeah. Even, like, you know, saving up to buy stuff for myself. 
saving up to like do things better for myself i i don't know how to do that i'm always like no i need to help my family or i just need to pay the bills and then the next paycheck maybe i'll do something yeah you know bigger and grander but it's like oh no if i get the next opportunity like you just keep kind of telling yourself you're not working hard enough and i feel like our parents do that all the time to themselves right and when i think that way about myself even though i had two older siblings I always felt like I had to vouch for myself, even though my parents have always been supportive and they still are. Um, and I'm trying to make them understand where I'm going. I still feel like I got to I got to work for myself. I have to if I want to get my own place, I have to work for it. I can't ask for my parents for money. Like I'm always thinking that way. And I think it's like when you start thinking that way, you you do have this crazy pressure to like it takes a toll on your mental health as well. Totally. And like it it's hard it's hard to just keep telling yourself especially as a fucking artist like oh my god like you first of all you're self-promoting all the time and it's so freaking gross and then, <laughs> <laughs> listen to my podcast listen to, can you watch my video please but like i think even that has just been so it's it's taxing on your mind and your body like and a lot of people don't see how even you know although social media has given so much to me it's also very hard to keep, you know, pushing yourself to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and value yourself and understand that you are worthy of all the things that are coming your way. Um, a lot of young folks don't feel like that either. I, I didn't feel like that. And I still struggle with that sometimes. But yeah. So Kiran, we went through and we, we kind of found out um, and we got to the point where, you know, you went to your first modeling um, experience and then you figured out how to use social media as a tool but what was the next evolution of K-Ray like where did you you know where did you find Anarkali where did you decide to do your own podcast decide to put out videos on YouTube like at what point did all of that happen um, I think like when I was 19 I remember saying I want to be a I want to do stuff on YouTube mm. uh, not a YouTuber I was just like oh people are making it on YouTube Justin Bieber is yeah. like famous from YouTube you guys remember yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> he was discovered in YouTube yeah place. and I was like that's crazy like we have a chance like yeah. I literally thought like all of us now we're all the underdogs have a chance like yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I could put skits. Thank God I never fucking did it then because <laughs> they were so trash. I remember having this <laughs> ugly-ass video camera. Anyways, it was so bad. But I just remember, like, wanting to do it, but I was so scared. I was so, so scared. And I was actually surrounded, like, a couple years later, I was surrounded by so many guys that were doing it. Mm-hmm. And, like, all these guys were on YouTube making comedy skits, doing their thing, and... I was like, I have so many ideas, but I can't, like, I don't know how to voice them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt like nobody cared about what I had to say. And I think for me, it was like, how do I try to find my voice in even such a male dominated, you know, industry, even just around who, like the people I was surrounded by, mm-hmm. you know, I was the only girl I knew that was making videos, yeah. for example, or like knew how to use the camera. And it was just like even that like editing i would teach the dudes how to edit or whatever and and i would never know how to voice like oh i want to do these things as well and i think just being around it for such a long time made me want it more for example like the way rupee and i started doing stuff was that rupee was a spoken word artist i was like yo let's just shoot this stuff and put it on the internet let's see what happens and like 
literally i just shot a video of her doing spoken word and we posted it and like some people saw it and it it just like made us feel like we have some potential and like pushing each other forward to do that and you know her being able to perform live i was like modeling at different places and stuff and it was like i i remember like the video like i said with like rupee for example like that was the first time we released something and Mm -hmm. i was actually in it Mm -hmm. and um and that was like why I felt like I needed to do stuff because I'm like the only way I can make opportunities happen is if I make it. You yeah. know what I mean? I can't depend yeah. on anyone else to do like. So I had my cameos yeah, and yeah. Uh, Zoo Babies videos, but <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't like you know I didn't get a chance to really like be who I am mm-hmm. now as as Kria as a brand or whatever. And I felt like. I remember like making my logo, just like slowly working on stuff. Like I know exactly what I wanted. And I had a friend that really encouraged me just to make vlogs because at the time I was using Snapchat (laughs) and I used to do a lot of dumb shit on Snapchat, like stupid skits or like random things. And I was apparently really funny. So I didn't know I was like, I knew I entertained my friends a lot, but I just didn't think I was funny. Like I was like, okay, you're just laughing because I'm entertaining you. But like, I didn't know like that was actually humor. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I was like, oh, okay. Like I can actually go and make, like I could actually make vlogs, for example, and people actually find them entertaining or mm-hmm. like see my personality through that. Initially, when I was looking at my stuff, I was like, oh, like, like there was already, let me backtrack a little bit, but like, I remember making Kerpa, for example, mm-hmm. and I actually went to California in 2013 and that trip like changed my life and i remember thinking like oh my god like this is all i wanted i just want to move to la yeah. and live like this hollywood life and like everything's gonna work out but i remember coming back and automatically i applied for acting school and i went to toronto film school and i was in school five days a week i yeah. went to another um academy for acting as well i just did it like yeah. i took out a student loan i'm like fuck it like you know if I didn't even want to depend on my parents on it either. Like, I felt really like I'm going back to school again. Yeah. And it was, like, a hard decision to make. But I just did it. Like, I literally came back a week later. I I applied and I got in. And I didn't even think that was possible. And even my first audition, I got it. Yeah. And I got to be in a pilot, (laughs) which I'm not going to talk about. But it it was pretty much, like, the first experience I had acting on camera. And it was for a show. And it was, like such a dope experience and even just that like seeing the potential of what i could do Mm -hmm. and then using social media to also like be able to show that like i could show people around the world and even though it was like small then like we had like i remember me and rupee would talk about how we only had like 500 followers or something and we just Mm -hmm. like compete with one another (laughs) but it was just like even just that i was like wow 500 people care about what i have to say or what i'm doing that's crazy and i remember posting like my photo shoots and just like meeting all these different people i met money the same year yeah and which is crazy because it's five years that we've known each other now and and just like doing a photo shoot with her and like I don't know, just like all these collaborations that I had that I got a chance to do really sparked the idea of doing my first short film. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I used to put stuff on Vimeo because I'm like, oh, I don't want YouTube. Like YouTube has comments and then people are going to say <laughs> things. I felt like I remember like wanting to put out 
Kirpa, and uh, which is my sh first short film. And I just, I was so like, I was so, I just remember just like getting all my friends. I'm like, yo, all of you are going to be either in it or like you're going to like give me your music or you're going to be in the background mm -hmm. of it or like you're going to shoot it. Like it was just so organic and so raw of just like how we put it together. Like there's some shots that I shot too. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Wow. And it was just so crazy. And I remember like there was like a film festival coming like yep. up and I was just like, I have to submit to it. And so I was day and night, I was a crazy zombie just working on it. And um, I didn't even actually make it to that festival. It was happening in New York. But then Punjabi International yeah, Film Festival happened, happened right which is now IFSA. But um, I submitted to that. And it was my first, um, like, it was our premiere for the film. And I was so fucking scared i was like oh my god my friends don't know me like this mm. you know they don't know me as an actor they was don't that know the one me that shared in college yeah i think so yeah, right. yeah, yeah. we watched yeah, that yeah. no yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. were we you went, there yeah. i think a so i remember it was at a it was like a lecture hall yeah there was a no 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 or like a classroom no 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 it wasn't sheridan it was it was humber no 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 i know what you guys are talking about that's not that's not it no i think i know it was it was that it was that hotel hotel yeah see yeah 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 i remember afterwards after the screening we all went into the lobby. We were all freaking out. Like, yeah, we did it. Yeah. And everyone's inside. Like, yo, shut the fuck up. Oh, this is so scary. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like what? five other screenings. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, there's still more 20 screenings. Twenty of us left. Yeah. <laughs> everyone left. Like, yo, that was sick. Um, but I remember watching. I was so scared because I was the first time being so vulnerable and. I used to always be like, oh, I don't want to tell people that, like, you know, the art that I make is about me or any way. Like, I didn't no. want to say that. So I'd always be like, oh, it's about other people. Everyone else's story. <laughs> I'm always doing it for other people, mm -hmm. right? But, like, it was so, it was such a scary thing for me to be so vulnerable about an experience that I was experiencing at the time. And um, I just remember crying the whole time. Like, I was in tears. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> and, like... It was so scary for me because I was so shy. Yeah. Like, I was so shy. I'm like, how are people seeing me act? They're going to laugh at me like, you idiot, you can't act. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, so scary. Or, like, how I was sh I was very critical of myself. Like, even just the way I shot stuff or edited. I'm like, oh, I, I, I was always part of the boys club. And I feel like I have to live up to their standards. And that was so scary for me to just put myself out there as my own person my own entity and I remember vlogging that experience and for me to vlog was to document right mm -hmm. so I was documenting um my experience as an actor and and just being able to be a filmmaker and like put things out there in festivals and putting that on YouTube just the trailer and and my first vlog of like you know us at the premiere and whatnot was so crazy because all of a sudden all these people who haven't even watched the film yet wanted to sh showcase their film the showcase Gerpa in all these different cities mm -hmm. like I had screenings in London and Vancouver and California and I was like I'm fucking worldwide like <laughs> I'm Mr. Worldwide <laughs> out here. shout out Pitbull <laughs> but like I really I just thought it was the craziest thing like what mm -hmm. like just from that I could just people hadn't even watched it yet and they were like intrigued by it and i had screenings happening and that was 
probably the most like whoa like i didn't even release a get but online until a year later yeah mm. and you, but you were directing and acting yeah. Yeah, right? yeah 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 which was the fucking craziest mm-hmm. i don't know how i do that sometimes like, <laughs> i hate i always say every project after i'm like i'm never doing that again and then i do it do but like <laughs> it's it's a lot and i think just that experience like you know it, it was a conversation about children of immigrants Mm -hmm. and like even just my dad being in this in this in the in the film it's a taxi driver but my dad's a truck driver Mm -hmm. and just like even like experiences the exchanges that we would have and now my dad and I have such a beautiful relationship like we can talk about anything and it's so crazy just from that like my dad watched that film and he was like I'm so sorry Wow, like you know what I mean? Crazy. That's powerful. Like just the that's power. probably the greatest thing to take away from yeah, it, right? Yeah. That, yo, that's art is created from the conversations we can't have. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. let's be real. Like yeah. whenever I write a rhyme, it's it's the idea the ideas or thoughts that are within my head that I might not necessarily have a conversation with somebody about, yeah. right? Yeah. And for you to be able to convey that conversation through through that short film and for your dad to understand it yo obviously your relationship is at the healthy point that it is now because of that yeah right and it's like (laughs) we we do these creative things out of these little things that we want Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. things that are you may be missing out on in life or Mm -hmm. things that you want to dig deep in your soul and dig and dig out right yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. it, it, it the greatest thing that comes out of that is when you can are able to now have these conversations and look back at it and be like yo that changed something in my yeah, life yeah, yeah, right yeah. and true artists that is what we live for yeah. is that yo this moment is gonna alter something in my life and it's gonna make it for the better yeah but um you know one thing i wanted to ask you um all your films they always have there's always a message to them. There's mm-hmm. always not even just the fact that it's a personal story to you. There's mm-hmm. always like a social, socially conscious aspect to the films that you make. Not even just the films, but even a lot of the YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And is that important to you to have that part of your art? Films are so fucking powerful, like music. Yeah. Where you can really change the perspective of how people see a story. You know, mm-hmm. like I feel like for me, when I when I come up with a story or anything, I don't. Ha- it's so easy because it's something that happened to me or something yeah. that happened to someone I know. And I, I a lot of my friends always say you lived nine lives because there's so many different aspects to like how I grew up and like what my high school life was like, what I was like in college and what I'm what I'm like now. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different you know, parts of me that I want to explore. And I think so many women, so many young people can relate to that. Even, Mm -hmm. honestly, the older generation. For example, like with Haniti, which is a short short film on mental health, I think that film really struck a chord with a lot of families, like a lot of South Asian families. Uh, Children of immigrants, yeah. yeah. It was a deep film, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people like to this day like i still get emails get messages about you know people feeling suicidal or they are going through things and and trying to navigate but that helps them you know or they show they were able to show that to their family that was also responding the same way and and they were able to show this visual to their family and have conversations based off of that yeah and that was so crazy to me that people were able to get help 
just because they showed their family what they were going through because they couldn't have the words to say it. They just showed this film that we made and that's so crazy to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like that concept in itself to just like know that something that you made made someone else change their life for the better. Like, mm-hmm. in whatever way, getting the help that they need, started healing themselves. Like, that has always been the basis of the work that I do. Even if it's comedic, even if it's dramatic, I think they both have so many different ways you can get that message out. And Hineri for me, like, was something that really was close to my heart. But also just knowing that it helped so many people, like, just have a conversation at home with their yeah. parents about yeah. mental health. Like, yeah. when you actually, that's another thing. When you take care of yourself, you take care of a lot of other people, too. And I think that's important for a lot of young folks to know. <laughs> Sorry, I was in the middle of a bag right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> You got <laughs> sorry. No, that was not. That was not a joke. <laughs> my throat was. That was actually not me. Thank you. I just want to point that out. <laughs> We've talked about you being model, dancer, actress, yeah. potential rapper. <laughs> but like, it, it's cool that you don't limit yourself. You're a creative being, and whatever the fuck Kra wants to do, you do it. Yeah. And I, I admire that because. Yeah. A lot of people would be like, yo, this is what I got to do and that's it. We used to think like that. We used to be like, oh, we got to be rap. We only got to make it in rap and this and that. But then the more you see different fields and you're realizing, yo, if I just watch this person dealing with a camera, I can somewhat get what they're doing. I can see this photographer catching these angles. You're going to, if you were intrigued by it, you're going to figure out a way to do it. Right. So a creative mind like yours is the same way we work. Just. Yo, we came to Jala Cup. We saw what the fuck you were doing. Yeah. You birthed, so, you somewhat birthed this podcast <laughs> just because, <Surrogate>. yo, <laughs> because it was like, yo, this is a dope concept. Yeah, it's yeah. dope to, to have conversations with people. And, yo, we have a great network as well, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. It, it's kind of it's cool to see you not limit yourself and be like, fuck it. I'm just an actress. Fuck off. <laughs> this is all I'm doing. Like, Can nah, you imagine, you though? Know? Honestly. I'd be freaking dookie as yeah. fuck if I was just an actor because the hell, the, they ain't writing roles for us. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 True. Anyone that's doing anything in the creative field, you you shouldn't limit yourselves. I, I think I taught myself that too, even with acting. Like, if I just focused on just being an actor, oh my God, it would have been so sad. Well, <laughs> my d- life different things give you different highs yeah, as well, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, like, my main focus will always want to be an actor, but I want to write. I want to... F- be the filmmaker i want to be the director i want to i've been the editor you know what i mean so i think there's so many different elements on how you get into that and if you have to create it yourself that's how you learn so it's even good to just like just saying like editing uh being the actress being the person behind the camera for the art of being an actress you're gonna benefit by knowing all these things now you know what the fucking person on the other side as a director wants you Mm -hmm. know what the person that's filming you wants Mm -hmm. it only makes the actress better by knowing everything because you could be there and just be like nah Mm -hmm. like just look at me and And i gotta do what i do and then i'm getting the fuck out of here yeah and i i saw that with a lot of like when i was in acting school i saw other like actors not know any of this stuff like the technical stuff you know what i mean like they're just like i'm an actor i'm a character don't take me out of the character you know what i mean but yeah i feel like for me like that's that's definitely so important as an artist you should be 
multifaceted, you know? I might just go to Mountain Ash McDonald's tonight and scrap somebody. Because <laughs> in because. honor of you. In honor of you, <laughs> I am fucking inspired That's right actually now. the reason why I don't tell these stories. Oh, yeah, Please but by the way, this. kids, don't... Don't do anything <laughs> that don't Carrie anything. did in her youth. No, please. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna try to <laughs> close the show. Yeah. With some sort of also, I just have to say something before we go. <laughs> a lot of guys got slapped in high school. Oh, okay. So it did not just end there. See, Carrie didn't even <laughs> let her brothers do her dirty work. She just went out there and slapped up men's equal I opportunity. Like, I feel like this goes back to my brothers. If it weren't for my brothers, I would not be as tough as I was. So no. shout out to my brothers. Shout out to your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Not only because I'm scared of him, <laughs> but because he's the homie as well. <laughs> um, so we like to end with, to our listeners who have been listening, you already know that we do this shit, but we like to end on something that everybody is thankful for or something that they want to show credit to in their lives. So, Noise, I'm going to throw you on the hot seat, yo. What do you got this week? <laughs> God damn. Um... We talked about it. We talked about it earlier. Gonna shout out to that whole era from like yes. 2009 to eh. like 2013. Talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, that was. A <laughs> <laughs> I like John. everybody <laughs> that was part of that that growth for all of us yeah. in that development. I feel like a lot of people found their voices, found what they wanted to do artistically, and grew up as human beings, as artists, as organizers. And it was like everyone was taking influence off of each other. Mm -hmm. And so it's like if I didn't know how to do something, I could learn from you or I could learn from you. Or if you didn't know, you could learn from one of us. So it's like it was such a nurturing environment for a long time. Um, So I just want to, yeah, shout out an era. The significance of seeing other people from your same culture doing this shit, it's it's huge. So Yeah. yeah, definitely shout out to that era. Yeah, I feel like that era changed me forever. Yeah, I feel like it changed forever. every anyone Everybody. who was part Everybody. of it yeah. and was like on it day to day on the yeah. ground floor. Like yeah. nobody came out. Everyone leveled up so much. So Amazing. Much. Level, yeah. up. Level up. Level <laughs> up. Yeah, straight up. So yeah, shout out to everybody from that time period who I met. Like Kiran, I met you in that time. Yeah. Magic, Can I, I met you in that time. Yes, I remember us postering yeah. for uh, Poetry Slam. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. When how, at that's York. We were yeah. just like running around putting yeah, out posters everywhere. Yeah. yeah, that was the first time we met. Like, just like yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy how far we come. All right, Navi, I'm throwing you under the bus. <laughs> All right. I actually, yeah. I'm thankful for Noi. <laughs> <laughs> My great husband. I'm actually thankful for this experience because I've got to do a lot of dope shit this year and, and kind of uh, figure out a lot of different creative things, learn how to edit a little bit. But, like, now I've been a co-host on a podcast. Yo, like, what's up? What's up? Not me, not myself. But thank you. Honestly, Navi, like you introduced her as Noise's uh, wife, and I was about to come in. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey! It, no, because yo, it's a it's an important fact to it know. A, like, yes, it is a fact, but yo, I gotta say about Navi. Though. I'm not oh. introducing her as that's her only accomplishment. Like, yo, all that no, all that Navi's done in her life is not like get married to like my boy. Like, I'm with this still, like, the best decision of, of course. Of course. Yo, that's my boy's girl, yo. <laughs> yo, shout out my, like, boy's girl right now. Yo. She's, like, on the show. <laughs> that's exactly what yo, happened. Yo, you can't make me feel bad now, <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like a chauvinistic pig right now. No, no, no. 
mom. That's why. I literally like, but Nubby's You're just like, yes, bitch. (laughs) That's me. Always clapping away. Nubby's done a lot of things for a lot of people. And I want everyone to know that a lot of people don't know the work that you do behind the scenes. scenes. I I like to be behind the scenes. Yeah, but. I'm testing out the waters. No, (laughs) but it's so important for. That's the thing. A lot of women do that. We always try to go behind the scenes. We always try to stand behind people and not take the support and not take, you know, credit for the things that we do. But you deserve it. I want you to understand. Yeah. Like, no, seriously. Because I know a lot of people don't know that they always see the face of everything, but there's a friggin' village. It takes a village yeah. to make someone, you know, as su- successful as they are. And yeah. you have done that for so many fucking people. So Thank I want you, you to know that. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And, and just around the topic of like her becoming a host on this podcast. Yes. She is like, not like co host, I mean, yeah. <laughs> for today. Yeah, we can't afford you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Enjoy that life. Every time like, I can't afford you. <laughs> but yeah, just, like, just Colorado <laughs> season three. <laughs> but just around that, she's like the biggest podcast head I know. Mm. Like, 24 7, she's listening to some. Like disturbed murder podcast. Yo. Like, Holy shout shit. out Navi. <laughs> Navi knows it's the like knowledge more of a podcast. Eight hours of my life. It's really oh, bad. wow. Yeah, like I'll one time. On wow. One time she's like in bed. She's like, yo, I'm gonna just go take a nap, right? So she had the like she had the podcast playing. <laughs> she's totally calling me out. <laughs> so she got the podcast playing, right? And I'm just in the room doing other work, and I'm listening to it. And the pod, she's like dozing off, falling asleep to this. But the podcast is literally like. And then he came in the room and he left a gash in her throat. Oh my and I'm god. Like, <gasps> Nubby, I understand. You don't gotta explain nothing no. to me. I understand. I listen, I honestly right have to wear headphones at work because I'm like, people are gonna think I'm fucked oh if they hear god. this shit. That's me. That's That's true crime so podcast, crazy. man. Wow. It's, I don't even know how to describe it though. It's intriguing, but it's not like I'm intrigued by people getting fucked fucked up yeah. we're like it's yeah. not that yo what are you guys oh. gonna tell us right now <laughs> yo, i go to sleep watching forensic files yeah, every night yeah. like Especially that's wild just understanding <laughs> it all, man. you know anyway. why because i'm a very visual person so everything i see i'm like oh that actually happened so oh. in my mind, like, I actually have such vivid dreams. So when I hear that people do shit like that, I'm like, yeah. y'all are wild. Do you know how many <laughs> nightmares I would have for the rest of my life? Like, I literally still sleep with the light on sometimes because I, because of, like, friggin', you know, it. Well, All right, yeah. I guess we're going to save the lady for last, you know. Well, oh, we already I, had a lady, you but, you know, you I'll, I'll sandwich. Okay. No, that's what I'm going to, that's yeah. what I'm saying, you know, I'm a. I'm going to oh, go nag, you know? I just, Did I just interrupt your I'm trying to clear my image of being a chauvinistic <laughs> pig that you made me out to be, you know? So I was trying to act like a gentleman for like a second. <laughs> but, um, okay, yo, just to kind of clear my image. Like, yo, shout out to the wifeies, yo. Because, like, they do, like, all the background work. Yo, shout out to all my boys' girls. <laughs> First of all, shout out to Noise's wife. I don't even know what her name is. I heard they call her Navi. I think that's her name. I think that's what it is, but who cares? It's my boy's girl, you know? But no, like, for real, like, end of the day is like, Navi, like, me and Noise got married, like, a month apart. We literally lived this fucking crazy life side by side. But it's like, yo, we found two beautiful fucking strong independent women that also fuel our dreams mm-hmm. right it's uh, like 
fucking Navi and Jani have been in so many, out, like standing there at so many shows, whether it's fucking <laughs> 10 people, whether it's uh, uh, like, you know, coming to South by yeah. Southwest yeah. and oh, seeing, yeah, exactly. getting to live that life with yeah, us. It's, it's cool to have women behind you that drive you because at times I can doubt myself. Yeah. And you know, all it takes is having a having uh, somebody in your ear and just making you understand that yo, you're not alone, right? Mm. Me and Noise were that for each other for the longest time, <laughs> right? Until these girls ruined it, you know. Had to just come on in, yo, man. I don't know how many. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. No, I don't know how many yeah. times we've been on tour somewhere, like just doing a show somewhere, and yeah. like in a hotel, and I've like accidentally seen this guy naked. Yeah. <laughs> Noise has seen my ass way too many times. Way too many times because I have no charm. I grew up in a house full of men. Whatever. You know, but yo, I'm glad that we've come a long way from those days. Good that you can talk about this publicly. Where we can openly talk about this now. There's nothing worse than being in a hotel room that smells like pod and because of me smells like liquor and weed as well. All right, so just, just. Thank you for you ladies <laughs> that we don't have to live through this no more. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine going on tour with them? Oh, no. my no. God. No. no. That's so So, uh, yeah. Shout out to Noises Girl. Never calling you Nubby again. Last but not least, we'll close with our <clears throat> special guest tonight. Ray. Okay, so I'm really grateful for. Um, this is your Grammy speech. This I, yeah, I know. Good, this though. is how I talk when I'm like winning an award. Um, <clears throat> yo, I'm grateful for you guys. Yo, shout out. Yeah, shout I feel out, like yo. I'm really grateful for this experience. Just like I know we kind of, you guys kind of literally <laughs> like taking what you said, but like I think that um, a lot of the times when you're a woman of color trying to make things happen for yourself. Uh, you feel unsupported. You feel like people don't see you. They don't hear you. They don't see the things that you're doing. Or they're kind of like, oh, that's cute. Which actually happened to me a lot when I was trying to put things out. But just to be here now and have this open conversation with you guys. Like like I said, I never ha- didn't have this with my brothers. And I didn't have it growing up. So just having conversations with men like this is so important to me. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And just being able to you know, feel supported in that way because people don't see that. I don't think, you you know, men even realize the power that they have um, with for the women around them and just being able to have this conversation openly without being judged, you know, and me yeah. being able to talk about my goon days and, like, <laughs> not, you know, feel that. I'm, I'm still terrified, but, like, it feels good to be able to be open and and not feel... Like I'm hiding a part of myself or I could just say what I feel and, and I don't have to feel judged for it. So I think that I'm really grateful for you guys. That's, so. that's dope to even hear. It's, it, it, we forget how, like we talk about this thing all the time, visual representation, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm so happy to see young Punjabi females in the creative arts and just 
showcasing their personalities without fear of this isn't what we're supposed to do. Yeah, All yeah. that bullshit that we were fed, right? Yeah, yeah. To see a strong Punjabi woman is, to me, as a male, I love that. Mm -hmm. And to any man who fucking feels any way against that, you're a fucking loser. Yeah, first yeah. of all, you're a fucking <laughs> loser. <laughs> no, straight up. No, yo, straight from me, yeah. you're a fucking loser. Mm -hmm. What type of man is going to feel inferior by a woman being able to be so strong and independent and know who the fuck she is? Yeah. That should uplift you. Yeah. Right? And we, yo, we all, yo, we look at our fathers or we look at certain females that are within our family. Uh, it's no secret anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. The likes of you, the likes of Rupi, the yeah. likes of Superwoman, the yeah. likes of all these young, talented Punjabi girls that are fucking kicking ass out here. Mm -hmm. Why not? I have a fucking little niece and I want her to see strong women like yeah. you and mm -hmm. I want her to fucking think that she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Right? And we should all. Mm -hmm. We all have females in our lives, mm -hmm. you know? And the, that is a huge thing. So mm -hmm. thank you for being that to the next generation. Oh, that's well. too. <laughs> Crazy, man. It's been, it's been a ride. Yeah. And with that being said, this has been another episode of the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. Much love to everybody listening. Okay.